The Breakdown with Bethany is a mom.com podcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of The Breakdown with Bethany. I'm Bethany Bronsalva, and it seems like 2023 is just, it just keeps surprising me with incredible, incredible guests. I got to sit down and talk virtually to a millennial hero. Sarah Michelle Geller. I have been such a fan of hers for so long. And no, we're not talking Buffy. We're not talking Scooby-Doo. We're talking kids, of course, raising kids, teaching them financial literacy. And she actually gave me some incredible advice about raising teens as I myself am creeping into those teen years with my oldest son. So this is really a great episode. And of course, I hope you'll check it out. Um, this is actually really exciting for me, Sarah, Michelle, because not because I just love you and adore you, but I'm a New Yorker, a native New Yorker, and I know you are too. And I know it has a special place in your heart. So I always love to just like jump. I would love to just jump in there, first of all. And like, do you miss the city? What, you know, what is that? What does it mean to you? Like having grown up there? There's not too many of us. <laughs> no, there aren't. We were just discussing that the other day. The, the biggest thing that I miss is the spontaneity. When you live on the West Coast, you know, you have to get in your car you plan things out. Am I going to go here? The traffic here. I miss taking a walk on the West Side Highway and then running into someone and all of a sudden having lunch with people that you hadn't seen. And then they're going to this party and you go and you see someone else or an art opening. And I think that's the biggest thing that I miss. That and Broadway. Right. Of course. Of course. And, and the restaurants. And, and my friends. Right, right. Everything. everything. Just the seasons, right? I don't know. I know. You've had so many rainy weekends. No, thank you. We've definitely broken a few records, I think. But also, it's like the seventh weekend in a row of rain. Something like that. It's been insane and miserable for everybody. But I mean, that's sort of like the the love and the hate relationship we have with New York. It's like, we love to complain about it. But for a lot of us, we can't see ourselves living anywhere else. (laughs) I get it. But um, I also have a 12 year old, I mean, sorry, an 11 year old born in 2012. And, um, you know, thinking as he's getting older and sort of like what I want to impart to him, you know, of course, you know, all the big lessons was something I actually never thought was to, you know, find, you know, financial education. And I know that's what why you're here talking to us today. So tell us a little bit about this partnership. Yeah, I think financial literacy is is not something that has been impressed upon. And I know, like, when I was growing up, it was like, you don't talk about money. Um, But money was very different then, right? Money was tangible. You had cash, you put it, you saw it, you saw it dwindle down. And these kids, so much of it is digital that they don't really have the same comprehension. I was actually just saying, I went to this um, school uh, event yesterday and they start, luckily my school still does. You know, when I was in school, you did like economics in high school. It's almost too late by then. And we started in the middle school and they were talking about, they had this woman come in into this lecture with these kids the other day. And she was explaining about cell phones and they're like, well, yeah, they're expensive, but then you buy your cell phone and you own it. And they were like, well, yes, but then you have to pay your phone bill every month. And the kids were like, what? And I was like, oh, I never had that conversation. Like my daughter is older. She understands it. But I was like, before my son gets his phone for graduating lower school, like that's a conversation 
we have to have with him. And my daughter, luckily having the older child, I, I've been through this already. And my daughter came to me and said, you know, I need a credit card. And I was like, yeah, right. And she said, no, you don't understand. So many places don't take cash anymore. And I liked to give her cash because I knew exactly how much she had. So I didn't have to worry when she was going with friends somewhere that she was going to buy some ridiculous something because she didn't have access to it. And so I started to do the research and realized, A, that she's right, that the world we live in is not a cash-supported world, and she did need some sort of credit card. But I was so pleasantly surprised to find that there are apps like Fidelity Youth Account, which really not just helps them manage their money, but teaches them how to grow their money, teaches them how to save for something that they really want. It's a simple setup in an app store. You know, you just go in and download it, and it hits us both where we need to understand. Like, I need to have oversight, but I don't want to do it all. I want her to be able to own those decisions. And so the fact that we can both take that ownership is really amazing. And no account fees or minimums. You can start with just a really small amount of money so they understand it. And then you can add to it. You know, if they ace a test and you want to reward them, you put some in and then they can decide then what to do. You know, they have these learning modules where then they can earn money from Fidelity. And those learning modules are teaching them those financial lessons that will benefit them in the future. Um, even simple things like you can get a gift card for your birthday that the kids don't really want. You know, my son is not a Target shopper, but sometimes he gets, you know, Target gift cards. He can turn the Target gift money into cash and then use that for something that he really wants. And that's real life. And those are the lessons that we need to impart on them before we send them out in the world. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think there's a lot of to be said for teaching our children autonomy in all aspects of their life. But um, I will say from my personal experience, um, financial independence or financial literacy was not something taught to me as a little girl, but it was taught to my male relatives growing up. That's really interesting. They just did a study that says that so often financial conversations are not had with the girls in a family, which just perpetuates the same stereotype that we've been fighting all this time that you need a man to take care of you and handle that stuff. And that is not the world now. Um, But I was still shocked that that stigma still exists. It is. It's, it's really an actual number about it. There was, a, I don't know what it was, but it was, I wonder if I have it somewhere. Um, but yes, I, I don't have it on hand, but yes, <laughs> they, there, there is a number. Like it, it's really shocking. Yeah. And you did mention that money wasn't sort of discussed when you were growing up. And, and I think that's a, true for a lot of households, but um, for someone who is making their own money at a young age, like what, how are you having these, how do you hope to impart these conversations or have these conversations with your own children? My husband and I talk about it a lot because our kids have a different upbringing than I did. I mean, I think the conversation wasn't had in my house because my mom didn't want me to know that we were living, you know, paycheck to paycheck and that, you know, she didn't want me to understand how dire it was at a lot of times. And that is not an experience, thankfully, that our kids are, unfortunately, that our kids are not having. But at the same time, we want them to understand that mom and dad worked hard for everything we have. This is not, no one not family money that someone gifted this house over their heads. The clothing is all because of how hard mom and dad work. And so because of that, we started these conversations really early because we didn't want them to expect these expensive sneakers and expensive gifts. We wanted them to understand that that was a luxury and where that came from. And, you know, a while ago, my son, this is when he was younger, but he said something about he wanted something. And I was like, well, I don't have that kind of money. And he's like, well, just go to the cash machine and get it. And I was like, well, where do you think the cash machine gets money? And he said, well, the trucks drop it off and they put it in there. And I was like, right. But that's money that mom and dad have to work hard for. And that's the same money that pays 
you know, for school and books and doctor's appointments. And, and, you know, again, it's just, you have to, you can't just expect them to know you have to teach them. Do you find that these lessons are, you are sort of being able to drive it home? Do you find that they're able to understand? Because my son said something similar to me too. They really, truly don't understand where money comes from unless it's explained to them, you know, and especially like you said, in this day of, you know, two day shipping or, you know, next day shipping and, and by being able to buy anything on your phone, you know, I think it would be helpful for us to hear like, what do these conversations like a little bit more about what these conversations look like for a mom or dad or, you know, maybe, you know, didn't have, you know, need to have these conversations about living paycheck to paycheck. Like how, how would you tell them to approach that? You know, be honest, but meet them where they are. You know, they always say when your kids come to you with one of those weird questions, you know, that you're not ready to answer, like where do babies come from or what is sex, right? The first thing you have to do is turn around and ask them, well, what do you think it is? What do you know? And start there. And so, because sometimes our answers are way too complicated and that's not what they're asking. So it's really just getting the finite of what they're asking to or what their understanding is and, and meet them there. You know, I can't expect my 11-year-old to have the same comprehension that I expect my 14-year-old to have. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And um, I would also just love to switch gears for a little bit, if that's okay. I mean, you sort of famously took a break from work to raise your children. And there's a lot of conversations around that now, like that that being actually really brave and, you know, and then like how, how are women and especially coming off of the pandemic, which was so unkind to moms. Um, I would love to hear from you about sort of what it looks like sort of reemerging back to work a little bit more, being able to pursue those passions and, you know, any advice you have for mothers who are interested in doing the same. It's really hard because it's a win-win situation and it's a no-win situation. I have been working since I was four years old and I had waited to be a mom and, you know, my job involves travel. It involves really, really long hours. It involves missing a lot of things because there's 400 people on a set and I can be like, oh, my son has a presentation of a science project. I'm going to leave for two hours, right? Where maybe someone that has an office job can maybe clear their calendar on that day. And so for me, it was a really tough decision because it was all I ever knew, but it was something that was important to me. On that same tip, you never know when you go back if there's still a place for you, right? Maybe people have moved on and and you've lost that place. And so I've been very fortunate again, that there's been a place for me wanting to come back. And, you know, what I realized is that it's also important to show your kids that you have a life separate from them and that you have passions and that, you know, my job is not just on the weekends to shuttle you everywhere. Maybe I want to do something and, and I'm entitled to that. And I think I had a lot of that mom guilt early on of like, I have to do for them. I, it's, you know, I can't tell them they can't go to this Halloween festival because I don't want to drive to Orange County. I'll just drive back and forth four times. And, and now I've come to a place where I'm like, okay, you know what? It's okay sometimes just to, to not want to give them everything, but it, it's finding that balance. Yeah. And, you know, also you, you've, You've, sh you've shown us here in this conversation that you're doing such a fantastic job empowering them with financial literacy. What are some other ways that you are empowering your kids and other facets of their life? I think the biggest important thing that we always stress is communication and that we are safe people to talk to, that we are not going to judge, you know, unless it's dangerous, obviously. Um, and it's okay. So maybe something you want to talk to mom about, maybe something you want to talk to dad about. That's okay if it's only one of us. 
but we just want to be that safe space where you can talk and we will answer your questions. And again, that's because you don't want them learning stuff from the internet. I, I think, you know, even with all the stuff going on in the world, you know, I realized my son had had COVID <laughs> that week and so he wasn't at school and I was sending him back to school and I went, wait, these are conversations I haven't had with him yet. And I, you know, explained on a very simple level to him what he needed to know. And the one thing I said to him is I said, you know, please, if you hear anything, if you have any questions, please don't Google it. Please don't look it up. Please come to me, your dad, your grandpa, whoever those people close to you and ask those questions. Because there's so much that these kids learn from the internet. And it's not necessarily the information that's correct. It's not the information that that they need. And so I think that's been the biggest lesson we've learned. Okay. And then just to wrap things up, I mentioned I have an 11 year old who will be turning 12 in March, but I am really starting to like, I don't know if I'm getting eased into those teen years or like really sort of like slamming me in the face, but I would love just like any advice or stuff that you've learned about raising teens. It is to me, I'm sort of finding it more pivotal than that newborn to toddler stage from toddler to kindergarten. This really is like, they're coming into their own and, you know, with the phone, with social media, with money. So what advice do you have for parents who are feeling like incredibly unprepared? Right. You mean like myself. <laughs> the, the biggest lesson that my husband always says to me that I have to work on. So I'll, I'll, I'll talk about what I'm actively working on in myself is remembering to not take it personally, that there are hormones going through their bodies they have so much coming at them. We didn't have as much coming at us. You know, there weren't these screens and information and everything wasn't so almost manic. And sometimes they lash out and, and that's what they need. And there's a, a place where it becomes inappropriate and where you say, you may not speak to me like that, I'm your parent. But sometimes the other thing I've learned is I have to stop trying to solve everything and let them experience life and make mistakes and figure it out and say, gosh, I'm really sorry that, that sucks. Like that's really hard. And, you know, have them learn those lessons. Yeah. Sometimes taking a step back, right. Is like a little bit better than <laughs> digging in. I totally, yeah. I totally get that. Um, Sarah, Michelle, thank you so much for the time. This has really been such a great experience for me <laughs> to, to get to sit down virtually with you. So I really do appreciate it. Thank you. I wish you all the best. Do you have a teen boy or girl? I have two boys. So easier, easier. All right. I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to find. I promise you. Boys are harder when they're younger. All right. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you again so much. Absolutely. Have a great day.